Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in in the book of Luke. We'll be looking at Luke chapter 5 today, and we're going fishing. So Jesus is now getting ready to call his first disciples. And so chapter 5, verse 1, as we jump right in, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Well, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out um, a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. McGee says, what a great pulpit that would make. You know, it gives you that focal point, and you could uh, your voice could carry across the water, and uh, you could see a lot more people. So he's talking about... Um, The word of God here from the boat. And um, when he finished speaking, verse 4, he said to Simon, Put out into deep and let down your nets for a catch. So um, Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Interesting here, McGee makes the point. Simon kind of rebukes Jesus a little bit. Um, Always puts his foot in his mouth. You know, he kind of rebukes Jesus a little bit. Like, what, what are you talking about? We, we've been fishing all night, but, you know, I'll do it. Uh, and uh, verse 6, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8, But when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He was broken. He knew he would rebuke rebuke Jesus, but he had seen this miracle. He knew that Jesus was sovereign. And uh, so he didn't understand the whole gospel, but, you know, my study Bible says he is beginning to see that God works through Jesus. For he... Verse 9, and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. These men had fished their whole lives and never seen anything like this. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. 
And every time I see do not be afraid, it's usually where the um, the humans come in contact with the, the spiritual. The flesh comes into contact with the with the the spirit. The natural man comes into contact with the supernatural. And it's fear. It's fear is a is a reaction, but fear doesn't produce faith. So it's almost like he's always saying, have more faith. In other words, that's what translates, do not be afraid. Have more faith. From now on, you will be catching men. And you can't do it if you're afraid. So um, in verse 11, and when they had brought their boats into land, they left everything and followed him. Verse 12. Now we shift. While he was in one of the cities, there was a there came a man full of leprosy. Now this is Dr. Luke again talking. We're going to have an account of something medical here. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. He had already heard about what Jesus was doing. And he wasn't coming up saying, um, you know, do you think you could do me any help? He already, he is proclaiming, if you want to, if you will, you can do this. And he's on his face. He's, he's on, he goes, I know you can do this. I'm just hoping that you will do this. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will. I will be glad to help you be clean. And, uh, and of course, Jesus can do this because of the man's faith. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for proof to them, for a proof to them. Now, this goes back to the book of Leviticus, you know, and when you're, when you're supposed to um, have leprosy, you're supposed to show yourself, the priest has to evaluate you and declare you clean again so that you can be reintroduced back into the city, back into the community. So Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Do this according to the Scripture. Go back and, and show the priest first so that you can be cleansed and reintroduced back into the community. Jesus is not coming to throw away the old law, but he's coming to uh, perfect it, make it better. And so he wants to keep um, this man, he wants to reintroduce him back in the proper way so he can see his family again. Verse 15, but now even more the report about him went abroad. Why? Because Jesus is, he is not only the Prince of Peace, he brings joy to the world. And great crowds, crowds gather to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And my study Bible says the increasing crowds, the unceasing demands on Jesus' time, and the fact that no one else could duplicate his ministry did not deter Jesus from spending extensive time in prayer. His ministry 
was preaching and teaching and healing and forgiving. But it was praying also. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Can you imagine? They're they are busting in someone's roof. It could have been, I don't know if it was Peter's house that they were doing this at, but so they're letting him down on his bed. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. It was their faith. And the scribes and the Pharisees began questioning, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They missed the miracle right in front of them. Their own prideful hearts caused them to miss the great miracle right in front of their face. And they missed what all the scriptures were pointing to, the coming Messiah. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? This shows his divine authority already. He knows the hearts of men. Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Take up your bed. You're not going to need it anymore to lay around like this. Verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at, a tax booth, at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. So this is calling Levi, also known as Matthew, the tax collector. Verse 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. Verse 30, And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus is saying, The Word of God needs to, to go out to the people who need to hear the Word of God. He's kind of calling them out on their own hypocrisy because they think they're better than the other people. 
Verse 33, and they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. Okay, so as McGee said, they'd had they'd cut their mouths shut about as long as they could. And now they're just trying to, you know, call him out, find a fault with him. Of course, they don't know the scriptures like they're supposed to. And Jesus said to them, Can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from uh, a new garment and puts it on an old garment. For if he does, he will tear the new garment, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins for if he does the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed but new wine must be put into fresh wine skins and no one after drinking the old wine desires the new for he says the old is good so what is he saying here about fasting you don't need to fast when the bridegroom is is with you it's sort of a, a hint of what's to come. He's telling them that he's eventually going to die. He's not going to be with them much longer. And then you can fast. But you don't need to fast when the good news is right in front of you. You fast when it's not in front of you. And then he said, No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old or new wineskins and the old wineskins. These are two metaphors here that have to do with the Old Testament and the New Testament. You don't mix the old with the new. The new piece of cloth will stretch and tear the old, or the the new wineskins will stretch and tear the old. Um, the new wine will stretch and tear the old wineskins. You got to put it in the new wineskins that can stretch. So he's saying, you're, you're uh, mixing up here the old covenant with the new covenant. There is a new covenant here. And the new covenant is going to be what you need from now on. The new covenant. Because the old covenant couldn't get the job done. So he's given a, um, a metaphor about um, mixing the old and the new covenants. Jesus is coming requiring a repentance of the heart will be what you need to be saved, not the old rules, the old covenant rules. That only reveals your sin. It doesn't save you from your sins. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, if, if she's able to record, we'll include it in the podcast today. As always, from me to all of you, God bless you and keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow as we continue our study through this wonderful book of Luke. Today's teaching is coming from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 39. Scripture reads, So it was as the multitude pressed about him 
to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That's um, the Sea of Galilee. And um, saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were fishing, sorry, and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So he had a great pulpit here, as we can see. Now he sat out in the boat, on the boat rather, and told um, Simon to push it out a little bit while he could actually watch um, the people who were still on shore as he preached. So he told Simon, put out the boat a little bit from the land. So this is, um, here, it's a picture that's both figurative and suggestive. So every pulpit is a fishing boat. And many of us should actually spend time on a fishing boat. That is, getting the word of God out and attempting to catch fish. The Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples he will actually make them fishes of men and not just fishes of fish. So Jesus Christ had called them beforehand and had left and they had actually left and gone back um, to fishing. And verse 4 goes on to read, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So here the Lord Jesus Christ taught the people out of the boat and when was actually done he then told Simon Peter to actually launch out um, the fishing boat and they will fish for fish you know they had just finished fishing for men now they were going to launch out and um, they could fish for fish so not only did he teach them to just fish for men but to also he was going to give them a lesson in fishing for fish so according to Matthew and Mark you know the first time he actually called them he actually walked by the Sea of Galilee where he had seen Simon Andrew Simon and Andrew his brother casting their nets at sea. So they were fishermen. And here we see that these men, you know, they have returned back to fishing and he was actually calling them again. So the Lord Jesus Christ had evidently made three calls to them. The first time, you know, John tells us he first met them in Jerusalem. After John the Baptist marked him out. And several of John the Baptist's followers started following the Lord Jesus Christ. So there was Peter, Andrew, Nathaniel. But at this, that, at this time, he actually call, he didn't call them. He just met them when he was um, preaching the gospel. And later on at the Sea of Galilee, he saw them fishing and he called them. And they left their nets and followed him immediately. Um, they followed him out, but they actually returned to their fishing business. Verse 5 goes on to read, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, 
we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So here we have Simon Peter here. He rebukes the Lord Jesus Christ. He actually says, you know, he had questions and says, you know, we've already done that. So when the Lord Jesus Christ commands something, you actually don't stop and rebuke him because nothing, and I repeat, nothing is impossible with him if he says it can be done. You know, he's the great fisherman. He is the great physician. He is the son of God. He is um, God himself. So if he says it's going to be done, you don't start by saying, we've already done this before, we've tried it before, it never worked. You just do it. Verse 6 goes on to read, And when he, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So here, fishing actually must be done according to some di- according to his direction. And, um, you know, there are many lessons to learn here. You know, um, in here, the lessons that they were to learn are, you know, is um, you go where the fish are. You know, you just don't go out there and just cast your net. You have to go where the fish are. You have to be patient. So you have to use the right bait. Um, and we must fish according to his instructions. So the net broke. So up to this point, there is no net that can actually hold the fish at the point they were. There was no net that could hold the fish as he had not yet died and resurrected. And that's the gospel. So the gospel net that must hold the fish must be on, um, must be able to actually rest on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at this point, there is no death and resurrection. So the gospel has to rest upon that because as we can see here, everything points and leads to, um, I, I'll, I'll everything points and leads to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7 goes into it. So they signal to their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord, oh Lord. So Peter confessed here his failures, so his lack of faith. So he is actually saying to the Lord Jesus Christ, he um that he's actually failed. And he went back to fishing, that he was faithless. He was a man of little faith. So the Lord didn't actually intend to get rid of Simon Peter at all. He was actually going to use him. As, you know, the same applies to us, all of us. We're not worthy to be used. Um, but the Lord still uses us. So we have, all we have to actually just do is recognize that we are not very good fishermen at all. And our, f- you know, failure, and are actually failures, and faithless. So he he once we do that, he will actually continue to actually use us. You know, God doesn't go to somebody who just feels like, you know, they don't need him. Um 
and um, they know it all. Now, God goes to people who need him, who are full of faith, hope, and they need him. Verse 9 to 10 <clears throat> reads, And for he, <clears throat> sorry, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. Verse 10. And so also were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So here, the Lord's answer here is very significant. So, and there's, there is also another thing that we are to um take note of here and that is that satan is also another fisherman so he also casts his hook and bait in the world today and he also fishes for men and the lord also casts his hook and bait in the world and also fishes for a man and paul actually yeah this is like you know stated paul in second timothy second timothy verse 26 um, writes and that day may come to their sense oh sorry and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will so that snare that's like a net like it's cast out into the sea so we ought to be careful whose hook we are on today. We want to ask ourselves, whose hook am I on today? Verse 11 goes on to read, So they, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Okay. So they began to follow the Lord Jesus Christ here again. So now, from here we have here, the healing of the leper, and please verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can take me, you can make me clean. Verse 13. And he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately the leper the leprosy left him. So um there are so many lives today that actually need to be touched. There's so many people who are, you know, affected by the leprosy of life, you know, leprosy of sin, you know, leprosy of discomfort, just leprosy of depression and sadness and they just need that touch, the Lord's touch. You can imagine this man who had leprosy. He had not, you know, been touched or by any of his loved ones if he had family at all for many, many years. And when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ here, he just had faith. His faith had actually saved him. Okay. Dropping down to verse 17. Verse 17 goes on to read. Now it happened on a certain day that he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. 
and the power of the Lord was present to heal him. So here we have the story of the paralytic. That's where it starts from. Um, this paralytic was in Capernaum, and he was healed. So this is when they actually let the man down in through the roof of Simon Peter's house. So the Lord Jesus Christ healed this man. So we have to get to, in order to be healed, we have to get to the corner of um, a stretcher to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot lift the stretcher on our own. We have to trust the Lord Jesus Christ in order to get healing from God. So we all are paralyzed by something in life. We're paralyzed by, you know, indifference, by fear, by substance abuse. You know, all these things of the world is paralyzed by the world itself. So we just have to have that leap of faith and get to the corner in order to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Dropping down to verse 27, because so goes on to read, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax road, at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. Verse 28. So he left all and rose up and followed him. Verse 29. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. So here, you know, um, this is actually a record of the call of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. And here as we can see, you know, Matthew, he was like um considered a real um you know by that time tax collectors were like little traitors and all and that's what Matthew was considered as and Matthew, you know, he was hated amongst his own people and um when he started following the Lord Jesus Christ the only people he knew were his fellow tax collectors because no one else wanted to be his friend. So he called, he threw a party at his place, and those are the only people he actually called because those are the only people he knew. Verse 30 goes on to read. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So Levi, Matthew, he didn't have no friends. Yeah, like I said earlier, outside of his books, over, no one wanted to be friends with a tax collector. Um, verse 31 goes on to read. Um, oh yeah, and, the, and you know, the scribes and the Pharisees are, are now complaining. So verse 31 goes on to read. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So our Lord Jesus Christ was, you know, he was a great physician. He actually came for the sick and not for the well. I mean, you don't see um, a healthy person who's not sick going to see a doctor. He is our great physician. So Jesus came for all the sinners. So the gospel is for those who actually recognize the need. That's what the gospel is for. Scripture goes into read verse 33 to 35. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast 
often in late prayers and likewise those of the Pharisees. But he always eat and drink. And he said to them, Can you make um, the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. So fasting is beneficial. And we need to actually recognize that our Lord is absent. So we are in the world that actually rejected him. And we need to recognize that. It's actually important to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 36 goes on to read. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. So here, um, this is actually the first parable. It's the parable of the garments and bottles. So the natural man likes the old wine. And um, you know that's the old ways. Religion. Um, just the old way of doing things. So our Lord Jesus Christ put something new, that is the gospel. The Lord didn't come to patch up the law. No, he actually came to pay the penalty of sin on the cross. And now he places his um, robe of righteousness and gives the new wine of the gospel that must be placed on the new wine cast and not the old one of the law. So verse 37 goes on to read, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst on the wineskins and be spelt, and the wineskins will be ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new for he says the old is better. So the Lord Jesus Christ, he came to actually save us by faith in him. So we can't be making you know, if we're still old and getting patched up. No, the Lord Jesus Christ came to make us new. He came to give us, you know, um, you know, he came to give us new souls. He came to give us um, a new spirit, rather. And, um, you know, and not just patch us up because we'll still be the same person inside. He came to renew us. This is why um, he brought something new. He brought the gospel. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.